This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to be joined by two brilliant speakers. We're joined today by Ashley Joseph, the Vice President of Client Services for Infusion Centers at Lincos. Uh, we're also joined by Neil Oscarson, who's a research director for Class Research. We're going to talk today about sort of operations management and scheduling, largely for infusion centers and, and why this has become a big part uh, of the world today and a big challenge. Uh, we'll talk specifically about the IQ program, the platform uh, from LeanTOS, and we'll, and we'll talk a lot about this, IQ for infusion centers. By way of background, I'll give you a short bio on Ashley and on Neil, uh, and then we'll dive into the, the substance of the podcast and the core of it. Uh, Ashley, by background, again, Vice President of Client Services for Infusion Centers at LeanTOS. At LeanTOS, she oversees the deployment and use of IQ for infusion centers in over 485 of the nation's leading cancer centers, including a majority of both NCI and NCCN designated centers. Uh, Ashley was formerly an associate principal at McKinsey and Company. Uh, she was a member of the firm's operation strategy and effectiveness practice. McKinsey, of course, is sort of the gold standard of leading consulting firms. Uh, she was a, a she's an MBA from Harvard Business School, a bachelor's in science from Georgia Tech. So we're joined by Ashley Joseph. We're also joined today by Neil Oscarson. Neil Oscarson is a research director the research director for Class Research. Neil joined Class five years ago. He leads the strategy and research in key healthcare segments, such as enterprise resource planning, physician and their scheduling, credentialing and healthcare optimization. Uh, a brilliant person. Previous to his current role, he led the Class Investment Insights business line. Neil has spent his career in customer experience measurement and improvement, and his primary goal is to help healthcare organizations with operational challenges and help them leverage key technology partners. Uh, let me start off uh, with Ashley. Ashley, and we're gonna talk about IQ uh, for infusion centers. Ashley, can you start off by telling us a little bit about LeanTOS uh, and so forth? So LeanTOS is a Silicon Valley and Charlotte-based software company. We have uh, PhDs in a lot of um, uh, genres that I didn't actually know existed uh, prior to being part of LeanTOS. Um, we are, our predictive analytics platform is called IQ and it sits on top of your EHR. Uh, we have a product for operating rooms, we have a product for inpatient beds, and we have a product for infusion. And today we're going to talk about the infusion product uh, specifically, but all three of our products are designed to unlock capacity uh, of scarce assets, uh, depending upon which uh, area of the hospital it is uh, that they're focused on. We have six patents pending. Uh, we have one uh, patent done, uh, and uh, we are uh, very proud uh, of the industry recognition that we've received. Right now, we're in about 500 hospitals. 13 of the top 20 health systems use our products, uh, and we are currently in 42 states uh, across the U.S. Ashley, thank you so much. C can you tell us a little bit about more detail about the Infusion Center's product and why the Infusion Center's product, the IQ for Infusion Center, is so important. So the, the product was uh, birthed when we realized that all infusion centers, uh, regardless of their size, their location, or their type, so whether it's a large academic medical center uh, or a community uh, health center, uh, tend to have the same challenges. Uh, so they tend to suffer from long patient wait times, uh, midday peaks where things are quite quiet in the morning, they may be quiet in the afternoon, but it's Grand Central Station uh, around the lunchtime period. 
Uh, nurses are exhausted, and that's never been more true than it is right now, uh, given the nurse shortages, and this notion of capacity management. So trying lots of different ways uh, to maximize capacity and maybe getting a little bit of um, uh, a little bit of success here and there, but not being able to actually slay the dragon uh, on capacity management. So it was this context which led us to uh, try to solve the infusion product problem in a slightly different way. How do we do that? So we use uh, uh, we use machine learning and um, a very complex algorithm uh, in order to do that. Uh, your EHR is not able to do the sort of predictive analytics um, that we're able to do, and it uses grid-based scheduling. Um, grid-based scheduling doesn't work uh, for this kind of a product. So grid-based scheduling works fantastic if you're talking about, let's say, tennis courts. So if you book a nine o'clock tennis court and you arrive at 9.02, whoever was on the court before you knows that it's your turn, they pick up their things and leave, you have the court for the next hour until 10 o'clock shows up. In a grid-based schedule, typically the patients are scheduled based on how long their infusion should take into a specific chair. Uh, unfortunately, if your uh, your patient is a two-hour has a two-hour infusion and that infusion takes longer for whatever reason, and there's a hundred different reasons it might take longer than two hours, uh, when the next patient in line for that chair shows up, if the two-hour patient is not finished then uh, they don't have the luxury of doing like on a tennis court and asking uh, the patient that's already in the chair to leave, which means that uh, the, that, that um, everybody who was on the schedule for that chair throughout the day gets pushed back. And so grid-based scheduling uh, doesn't work in an environment where um, you have uh, uh, variability and the variability uh, by individual is not, um, is not entirely predictable. The other thing that doesn't work well is this first called first first called first uh, scheduled uh, methodology. So if I were to call an infusion center right now and try to schedule something for next March, chances are good that they'd say uh, we have nothing on the calendar. When would you like to come? Um, in reality, um, asking that question and putting uh, putting folks onto the, the schedule that way, especially in a grid-based schedule, um, exacerbates the grid-based problem um, that I already talked about. And then we have the issue where you probably have a lot of linked appointments. So many of the folks that come in for infusion are very likely coming from some other appointment um, inside your cancer center, whether it's just the lab um, or they may be coming from their oncologist's office. Uh, they may be coming from um, Radonc or, or somewhere else, but you have to manage that, uh, that that uh, variable while you're managing these other two things. So what we've done is um, we, we look to say, uh, is there a better solution? How do we solve this? And if you were to, if you know, I mentioned earlier capacity management and that there's, we've probably tried a lot of things. We looked at mathematically how many different ways there are to schedule uh, a, a, um, a typical 25 chair infusion center that has five different kinds of appointments and does 70 uh, treatments a day. Uh, that means that there's 256 possible slots to schedule them in. When you take the math and you run it all the way out, uh, you get this number, uh, which is actually a number that has more than 100 zeros behind it, which is the reason why all of those ways of, of managing capacity haven't been successful. Uh, and it's what uh, it's the underpinning of the infusion product uh, that takes, um, takes the variability, tries to make sense of it um, using your own data, and finds a better way uh, to schedule your appointments 
And it takes all of the things that can happen in an infusion center, patients having reactions, patients arriving late, uh, nurses calling out, um, all of those things. And it predicts what the dynamics typically are in your center and creates an optimized template that is uh, much better suited to what is actually likely to happen in your center, as opposed to what, um, what you hope happens in your center under ideal conditions. And um, in doing that, not only do we uh, reduce wait times, but we also uh, uh, make sure that nurses get their lunches and nurses get their breaks. And it's one of those um, rare solutions that makes everyone happy, the providers, the, uh, the nurses, and the patients. Thank you very much. And, and Ashley, can you tell us what an infusion center looks like today after using an AI-based solution? What results can infusion centers achieve in using an AI-based solution like IQ for infusion centers? In general, uh, the results that folks see from IQ um, are, uh, they happen quickly uh, and they are substantial. So typically you can see on average about 15% more patients, uh, wait times are reduced by about 30%, uh, overtime goes down, uh, provider satisfaction is increased because their uh, patients are happier. Uh, and and uh, um, in, terms of, uh, in terms of benefit uh, from a financial perspective, uh, we see about a $20,000 a year operating margin increase increase per infusion chair. So it's quite powerful. Uh, and um, again, we, uh, we do all the hard work and uh, then you get to see the benefit. Um, we're proud of our product. We love that it, uh, it makes life better for all of those in infusion centers, those receiving treatment and those that are delivering it. And uh, we were happy to have class come in and uh, take a look at us and um, tell us uh, where we're doing well and what we might be able to do better. That's a great transition or segue to our next guest. Our next guest is Neil Oscarson from Class Research. Neil, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and about what Class does? Uh, I, I'm Neil Oscarson from Class Re uh, Research Director of Class Research, um, and uh, my goal is to help healthcare organizations deeply understand the technologies that are available to them, and and understand how other health systems are succeeding with with technology. And just a really brief overview of Class. Um, our, our mission is, to, is genuinely to help uh, the delivery of healthcare technology and services, and, and we believe that uh, measuring vendor performance is useful in that process. And, and with the hypothesis that uh, as healthcare organizations make decisions about what technology to invest in, that hearing the validated experiences of other healthcare systems is a useful tool in, in, that, in the decision making. And it gives us this unique opportunity to partner with fantastic organizations like Lean Toss to both talk to their customers and measure performance, but then also to have really open uh, discussions about uh, where strengths are and where opportunities are uh, to continue to improve. And, and we do our measurements uh, through uh, almost completely person-to-person um, -person interviews. And so we'll do about 20, 25,000 of those interviews uh, this year um, with about 5,400 different healthcare organizations. I have no doubt that uh, many of you on this call listening to this session uh, have participated in class research and, and given feedback on some of your technology solutions. And we are extremely grateful for healthcare professionals that take the time to share their experiences with us. Um, and we, we uh, measure about 900 different IT products and services and uh, across about 420 or so uh, of vendors. Um, but the reason I share that is because uh, one of the things that we're trying to do more consistently 
is share what we might call up and coming technology platforms. And, and uh, in that process, we partnered with LeanTOS to do uh, what we call a spotlight report on the LeanTOS technology. Neil, thank you. Can you tell us more about how Class scores products and your findings with regard to LeanTOS's IQ for Infusion Center's product? How did that score? How does Class look at that? So class, class scores uh, all, all solutions on a, a zero to 100 scale. And, and that scale is based on 20 quantitative questions that we ask of solutions. Um, 16 of those are one to nine scale ratings. Four of them are yes or no. And on that scale, um, Lintas, uh, the uh, infusion product scored a 92.9. And just to give you a little bit of scale about what that means, uh, the average class-rated software uh, product is an 80.2. And we give out uh, many best-in-class awards at class for leaders in, in uh, different areas and segments of, of healthcare IT. Often those best-in-class winners score like in the 88 to 91 or 92 range. So that just gives you a feel for a 92.9. It's a tremendous, tremendous score based on our, our rating system. Um, a couple of highlights. Um, 100% of the, resp uh, the response we talked to are what we would categorize as satisfied or better, um, with 80% of those being what we call highly satisfied, which means they are extremely, uh, they're extre they find they extremely valuable resource, they, the, the product is working really well for them. Um, and then 100% of customers say that Lean Toss keeps all promises, and we actually use that word all in the question. That's a yes or no, do you believe that Lean Toss keeps all their promises? It's, it's pretty remarkable to have 100% of customers uh, say yes to that question. And we've actually done two reports now on LeanTOS, one for the operating room technology and one for the, 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 this uh, technology. And of all the respondents, every single, uh, every single respondent has told us that LeanTOS keeps all their promises. And if, if I'm a hospital, I think it's a really valuable piece of data that if LeanTOS tells me they'll do something, they will deliver and they will do everything they can to deliver on, on that promise. But I think kind of a useful way to think about this is um, if, you, if you go down to the loyalty question, how loyal are the customers who are currently using uh, the, the, uh, this LeanTOS um, solution? Uh, they are extreme, like there's extreme loyalty there. Would I purchase it again? Is it part of my long-term plans? How excited am I for the future? Um, that's a really good indicator of how well the solution is, is working for them. And, and Neil, when you did your research here, what jumped out at you after reviewing your research? Can you talk a little bit more about some of the outcomes and insights that you found, especially on the impact about, of high-quality analytics and how they impact operations and infusion centers? Um, I think the things that jumped out for me from this research, um, increasing patients per hour by Per day without adding more resources. Uh, that's incredible. I mean, I don't have to state to all of you how incredibly valuable that is in a resource crunched and uh, a world. Reducing staff overtime and breaks, decreased wait times for patients. Uh, any of us who have been a patient would love to not spend any more time in there than we need to. Um, and, and then the ease, ease of scheduling patients, which I think, um, I think is really valuable to understand. You know, Ashley shared kind of the, that vision of what organizations hope to achieve and, and what the lean promise of lean cost is. Sometimes it could be easy to think, well, that's really useful in the world, but what, what about the lives of real patients? Are we able to still schedule them in the way that is useful to them? And 
the reports from the customers that we talked to were that they actually had an easier time scheduling patients than they did previously. Um, so these are, these are if, if I'm in the shoes of a healthcare and infusion center, understanding the value of these outcomes that are, these aren't, these aren't the promise of the future. These are current live customers who have said, I'm achieving these outcomes uh, through my experience with, uh, with Lean Toss. So any of us who have been in healthcare for very long, probably in any industry, but any of us who have been in healthcare for very long have heard the promise of AI, the promise of machine learning, the promise of, of predictive analytics. Um, to be completely frank, when class goes out and measures those types of solutions, we often don't hear about the value of the predictive analytics. We hear about many other elements. Um, and but and so when we do a report like this and we hear from the mouths of customers that the predictive analytics are being are very useful to them, that they're able to use them in their decision making, uh, that's really impactful. Predictive analytics are only as good as the use case that, that they support and drive efficiencies. Uh, and so when we, when we hear from uh, the customers here about the quality of the data and the value of the predictive analytics, I think that's, that's a real strength that is worth highlighting. Thank you. And, and, and finally, any final thoughts or other things that stood out for you in this data and customer research? Um, everybody that we talk to agrees that Lean Toss avoids nickel and diming. They feel like the pricing is fair and clear. Expectations are set well at the beginning. So class asked this really interesting question. We, the first, first we ask, how is the support, the web and phone support from Lean Toss? And, and that's generally more reactive, right? Like if I'm a customer, if I have a problem, I reach out to Lean Toss, do they solve that, that problem? Then we ask a really interesting question. The very next question is, so now tell me about the proactive service uh, from, from Lean Toss. And it's one of the harder questions to get a really good score on. Uh, many organizations will say, well, I don't even know like what that, I wouldn't even know proactive if I saw it because I never, I never get it. Um, and they, they think about all the opportunities that organizations have to reach out to them, to be a key partner and a guide. So that 8.7 score here, I think of, of all the data that we collected, which is, is uh, really impactful, that, that is one of the more impressive scores for me, having done this for a long time and done many interviews. An 8.7 average on proactive service tells me that Lean Toss is very invested in the success of organizations. So with that said, and just a quick summary of the report would be um, really impactful outcomes delivered by, with, it, with a valuable technology delivered by an organization that really understands and can meet customer needs. Ashley, back to you. What's been your response to the class report uh, and, and key takeaways from engaging with class? What have you found and learned? Yeah, so you know, going into this engagement, it's um, it's always a little scary. Uh, we think we know uh, what our customers think and feel. We know what we say in our sales pitches, but um, getting actual feedback is, um, you know, it's a gift, but it also is a little terrifying. So uh, we uh, have been very pleased with um, with the feedback uh, for a couple reasons. Number one, um, we are uh, we feel like we have um, exceeded and we've um, we've done exactly what we've always intended to do when it comes to customer relationships and making sure that we um, uh, 
we hear our customers, we try to be there for them and do the things that they need when they need them. Uh, and that we are, as you said, proactive. We tend to know what's going on with our customers and we actually like it when we can tell them uh, what they need to look out for before they come to us and tell us that there's a problem because we can see all of that in their data. Um, you know, and those are the things, by the way, that, um, that, that a company should um, or a product should be very good at regardless of uh, its level of maturity and, uh, in you know, regardless of uh, uh, how long it's been around and um, how developed the product is. And so those are the areas where um, we would have no excuse to, uh, to not be exceeding there, and we are, which is fantastic. Um, what has been a gift about the feedback is that we see the places where we still have opportunity. And those are primarily around the product itself and what the product is able to do. And uh, that's a good reminder to us that although the product does a lot and um, has become invaluable for our customers, there's still a lot that it can do. And uh, the comments, especially from uh, the various customers were extremely helpful in looking to find trends and see places where um, we can probably overinvest uh, in the next little while in order to make sure that we are meeting uh, our customers where they're at. And, uh, and frankly, we know that, uh, you know, I mentioned earlier that we have chair constraint as, a, uh, as an ongoing assumption. Uh, since COVID, nurse shortages have made nurse constraint a real thing. And so we know that we need to, um, to understand that problem with the same depth that we've understood uh, chair constraint and, um, and we'll be there for our customers on that dimension as well. So we, have, um, we, we are extremely grateful for the feedback. And I hope that if you were to do uh, this same uh, exercise in a couple of years, which perhaps you will, uh, I hope that you would see that some of the areas where um, we still have room for improvement uh, that, that we've, uh, we've made um, appropriate gains in those um, areas. So, uh, so we're very thankful for the report and for the feedback that comes from it. Neil, you talked to a lot of buyers of AI-based capacity management solutions. What are some of the things that are standing in the way of making this the wave of the future, i.e. a greater move towards AI management-based solutions? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I've said this statement till I'm blue in the face sometimes. Well, I get tired of hearing myself say it, but <laughs> I really believe it. And it's that uh, it doesn't matter what you develop. Organizations develop all kinds of wonderful technology all the time. But it doesn't matter what you develop. What matters is what your customers adopt. And what your customers adopt is way too important to leave it up to your customers to, to, to make, that, make or break that experience. So the reason I, I think that's valuable is um, CleanToss has built great technology. Other organizations have, have built really good AI predictive technology. It's not useful until the customers are adopting it in a way that leads to impactful outcomes. And the interesting thing about healthcare, I've spent my, my career in customer uh, measurement and, and I've spent it in cars and in other areas. The interesting thing about healthcare is healthcare organizations are built to do one thing. They're built to deliver care. Nurses want to spend their time on care. Physicians want to spend their time on care. And so what often gets left out is adopting new technologies, even if it will be helpful or beneficial. They just, they sometimes struggle to connect the dots and adopt it change their workflows in a way that is, is impactful. And so um, I think the piece of this that is so important is 
we have this, this technology, we're going to hold your hand and guide you all the way through the process of succeeding with it. Uh, and so it can be the best technology in the world, but if nobody uses it, it doesn't matter. And so I, I just, I, I think, and, and the other thing I may add to that is it needs to have a really specific use case. Um, I, I've sat in many AI sessions, we probably all have, where people talk about how cool their AI technology is, but it's not applied to something that is actually, is actually useful. So I, I think this is a really, when we have problems to solve, it's a really useful tool in solving those problems. The organizations that succeed in delivering it think about solving the problem and the predictive analytics is a piece of the solution. Workflow uh, impact is a piece of the solution. Um, and then take all of those, combine them to actually deliver the results uh, versus here's the AI solution, now your problems are solved. And, and I just, just, just really quickly, I just, I have to say that um, what you mentioned, Ashley, about this being a bit of a risk, when, when organizations partner with class, we always promise them we will publish the report, no matter what the results are. Um, I always say I'm happy to cut to, to have a conversation and to have recordings like this. I just with the promise that I will share <laughs> the honest truth from from customers. And so um, it's great to come on and be able to talk about such incredibly positive customer experience as you've as you've had as we've had as we've talked to your customers. Ashley and Neil, thank you so much for your time today. Ashley, any final thoughts that you'd like to share with the audience? Well, I'm glad it turned out like it did. Uh, but I do appreciate the, uh, the third party completely objective uh, viewpoint. Uh, feedback is, it's, it's always hard, uh, but it's also the best gift uh, that one can get. And we definitely see it that way. So thank you again to class for uh, taking the time to do the report and to so thoughtfully um, uh, put together the responses. Thank you. Again, Becker's Healthcare, Ashley, Neil, from two great organizations, Lintas and Class Research. I want to thank you for joining us today on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. What a pleasure to visit with the both of you. Thank you very, very much.